What radio, the music you want. With your host, Dee's Dan. Gonna be a sparkling day. What's up, party people? It's Keys Dan with RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com, coming to you live and in living color from the Radio What Studios. And this is my podcast, What Makes You Famous. It's an extension of the RadioWhat.com internet radio station that I've been running for quite some time. And if you need DJ services, where do you go? You go to DJLittleRock.com and you check availability and you get a free price quote. And maybe, maybe, just maybe you could have me at your next event. You know, like it's some privilege for you to have me at your event. I'm the one who's honored and privileged to be a part of your day, of your event, of your time, spending time with you and your family and your friends at various events. You know, it's wedding season. It is that time of the year as it starts to get a little warmer but not too warm and the brides want to come out and get married they're getting hitched and i get to be a big part of that day i get to be a part of a lot of great days people at their best times at their best moments birthday parties and corporate events even you know when people are getting their awards for job well done you know i get to be a part of that video dance parties and karaoke jams you know i'm enjoying myself doing that for the people and i appreciate everyone that books me for their events speaking of events i've got a guy that wants to photograph your events and i get to talk to him and you get to hear him in the next few minutes so today on the program pb jeremiah or Jeremiah Holman, to be more precise, out here in, in, well, in Little Rock, Arkansas, the central Arkansas area. He is going to be on the show, and you get to hear a little bit about his story in your ears in the next few minutes. So stick around for that. This week's shows, my video dance party karaoke jam, I have one public show this week and that's on friday night my usual friday night gig at the rab in conway arkansas very excited to be back there as every friday at least 50 fridays out of the year or so and that's the video dance party karaoke jam yes i said karaoke you're the stars of the show you get to sing on stage for the people all i'm doing is pressing buttons and i'll press whichever button you want i'll play whatever music you want to hear if you ask for it i'll probably play it they got the full bar the kitchen is open pool tables they got 10 diamond style tables i'm not sure what that is but you know you could come out and if you want to try to make some money on a friday night playing pool i encourage you to get involved with that and uh, put a little more english on that ball so it gets in the hole or something i'm not sure what putting english on the ball means it's not like i haven't played pool i i've seen the game i've been a part of the game i know that there's there's sticks and balls involved but when they start talking about putting english on the ball i'm not sure exactly what that means but you might know, and if you don't, you might learn. <laughs> Join the pool tournament on Friday nights at the Rab. And then on the party patio, they got shuffleboard, foosball, darts. Drunk people with darts. <laughs> they got giant checkers game, giant Jenga game. There's always something to do while you're waiting to sing on stage right next to me at the Rab in Conway, Arkansas. And you know the dance floor is always open. If you want to shake it, do it. I encourage you to do so. 
All right, let's give a talk to this fine, fine photographer, Jeremiah Holman, PB Jeremiah. And I don't even have to, uh, I don't have to, uh, to, to call him on the phone. I get to go meet with him in Little Rock. So uh, let's go to the local coffee shop down there in Little Rock and meet up with Jeremiah Holman now. Either way, man. Either way. Either way. way. Oh, this is cool. This is the first time I've been to is it? Nexus. Time I've been downtown during the day here in Little Rock. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is an awesome coffee shop. I do a lot of uh, I do a lot of my editing stuff down here. I do some folks and all kinds of stuff. So, you want some coffee or anything? You know, I probably will in a okay. little bit. But you know, I just I just had some coffee. I I, I made myself a Bustello espresso. There you go. A uh, shout out to Bustello. There you go. Yeah, you know. What a good deal. A little Cuban coffee. Put that one next to your talking hole somewhere. Sure. You want me to close that door? Get rid of some of that background you noise. You know what? I'm okay with okay. that. You know, cool. we'll have a little. If you want to close it, that'd be great. It's up you to know, whatever is yeah, it, it'll it'll work out a little bit. Cl- uh, but we're hanging out here at Nexus Coffee Shop with Jeremiah photographer amongst other things i mean give the people a little idea of who you are you're you're hanging out on the what makes you famous podcast well i appreciate that um well i do a little bit of everything um not master of anything by any means Uh, okay i'm a firefighter by career did you yeah and uh i do uh photography i've started getting a little bit of videography as well but um i just kind of i piddle a little bit but I, i opened up a business a few years ago doing the photography stuff and it's been slowly growing Man, okay. Uh, I was a fire, for, uh, I was a uh, firefighter back in in the Florida Keys, Key Largo. Awesome. Yeah, uh, from uh, eighty nine to ninety nine. Very. I cool. took about eight months off and went to Orlando for a little bit. But uh, man, firefighting is fun. It is. I, I guess we could start there, man. Sure. Uh, how long you been doing the firefighting thing? It'll be uh, nine years in July. All right, man. Yeah. See, I I wasn't a I was a volunteer firefighter, okay. but down there, it's a little bit different than the volunteers you oh, might absolutely. see other places uh, the the trucks are brand new uh, we took care of them like like a professional firefighter right. would do and, and it was just it was interesting to me it, when i came here i look at the, the the disarray that some of the the volunteer fire departments their equipment is not quite as up to par as i'm used to right yeah funding can be a big issue for some of the small towns i live out in the county and we've got one of the better volunteer departments because we've got some tax revenue that comes in Um, but there's definitely some that are hurting for volunteers to begin with and then also for uh, tax revenue and just other revenue to be able to keep up and maintain that equipment so in the nine years have you seen a lot of new equipment come through or well, being on a career department, um, <laughs> politics tends to get in the way of a lot of that that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I have seen uh, some new equipment come in. The station that I was at right before I got promoted, which I just got promoted the other day. Hey, um, congratulations. I appreciate All right, man. it. From what to what? From firefighter to engineer. So I'm a driver now. Yes. Um, I was a driver for a while, there man. There you go. I enjoyed it. What kind of truck do you drive? Uh, right now we got uh, E1s. Uh, E1? I had yep. an E1. E1 pumpers. So. Yeah, 500 gallons, or do you carry a lot of water on they them? They carry 720 gallons on board and uh 
1750 gallon per minute pumps oh man well we can get a little technical with the firefighter <laughs> it's been since eight, uh, since 99 when i'm done with the fire department but i remember uh, so much of it so much fun man I, you know i was in my 20s that was my reckless youth that's how i spent it just uh you know sleeping at the firehouse instead of sleeping at my at my apartment oh, or yeah. my own or my mom's house or what have you uh, you know i would spend nights there and and we treated it like it was a job you know we we'd have shifts abc shift i was always c shift for the majority of that sure. time and i remember it was one day on two days off so That's right. what else are you gonna do you know nothing on those two days exactly off? exactly so i i started out when i first got on the fire department uh, i actually volunteered on my off days mm -hmm. uh, out there in the county where i live just to kind of build up some more experience stuff like that came on a little bit slower station on the paid department right um as time went on, after about three years, I stopped doing that, and I started getting a little bit more into the photography and stuff like that, filling in a little bit of time. I did uh, heat and air with a uh, another fireman on the job, and uh, it, I, I did that for a while. And then when uh, when that business closed down, photography picked up enough to where I was able to not really pay any bills necessarily off it, but enough to kind of keep it, you know, sustained and everything and be able to afford new equipment and pay it off and just keep upgrading. Oh, yeah, <laughs> man. I, I do miss the fire department. I miss the... Uh, the well the excitement of it of course the 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 lights the sirens but then the helping people part right. of it uh, you know the funniest call i can remember uh, in the fire department was uh, oh yeah the key largo fire key largo fire there's a, a parrot trapped in a tree and i said oh there's a parrot in a tree isn't that where they belong <laughs> oh no no it's a pet parrot so we, it was kind of a, a courtesy call for these right. people so I, we take the pumper out there. It's got a couple of 24-foot ladders. I set up the ladder myself on the tree. Birdie flies away. I Big pull issue. down the ladder, put it back on the truck. And, and go home. We're clear. <laughs> and the birdie flew away. There you go. <laughs> Uh, Makes it easy. What's the funniest call that you, you can remember at, oh, right off? Man, there's, there's, ones that, there's ones that you laugh at that you probably shouldn't laugh at, but... Um, I'd say probably one of my favorite ones that, that I like to laugh at was uh, I had a new captain just uh, just got over to our station and it was one of our first calls and we had a couple drunk uh, ladies that we ran on and um, we got there to help one that had fallen down in the yard mm -hmm. and in the process of helping that lady up um, another one fell when she fell she fell on top of me oh. and so I was pinned face down in the front yard underneath the lady yeah. and I was stuck I couldn't get out she was a little bit bigger and uh my captain looks down at me and asked what was going on and yeah i just kind of looked at him and said help i'm stuck and from the outside looking in it was it was probably one of the more memorable times of oh yeah what yeah. could have been bad but wasn't bad so you're in the city of little rock i am you work in the city i, I remember in the keys we had uh, uh, people drank for a living is what we, right. we you know they go down there on vacation and just get a little too rowdy and, yeah. and just think, hey, I'm only going to be here for a couple of days. Let's go crazy and, and get out of town. Right. And nobody will ever be the wiser. <laughs> and, 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 yeah, we, we got to spend a lot of time with those crazies. Uh, and, and that's a loose term. I'm no psychiatrist. I, I completely understand. <laughs> I, I will not diagnose them. All right. So where were you born, uh, Master Jeremiah? What's well, your last name? Holman. Jeremiah Holman. Yes, Where sir. were you born? I was actually born in Minnesota. Minnesota? Minnesota. I went from Minnesota to uh, Arizona to Louisiana to here, and I was here by first grade. So I did a lot of bouncing around with my family growing Why? up. Why? Why? What was mom and dad into? Well, my dad worked for, uh, he worked for uh, Tennessee Pride, Smoky Hollow Foods, those uh, meat processing plants and stuff. And oh, so okay. uh, they met in Minnesota. 
he got a job down in Arizona, moved down there, and then his job transferred him to Louisiana. So then he went there, got a job with a new plant, and ended up getting transferred to Arkansas. So we came up to Arkansas by the time I was in first grade. My mom got uh, her teaching license, and um, she's been a teacher for Little Rock School District. And my dad now actually uh, owns his own business. He owns a, a janitorial cleaning service. Fantastic, yep. man. It's good. Entrepreneur. That's right. Uh, yeah. And so do you, what was the first memory that, that you had from that, Jeremiah? Uh, do you, what's your first memory? I don't remember much of anything from Minnesota, but I remember in Arizona, I remember uh, living in some apartments and um, some of the friends that I had there just kind of playing. I remember it being really hot and just not, not the most enjoyable climate, but I was young and didn't really care to have anything to really uh, compare it to. Um, and then I remember getting kind of further east to Louisiana. Yeah, well, when I got to Louisiana, Arkansas, I was like, all that changed and the humidity hit, and yeah. it was like, oh my goodness. Um, but uh, I, I remember mostly just growing up here. This is this has been home for me. I consider myself a good old Southern boy, and growing up in Arkansas, and just that's that's what I'm used to, like to hunt and fish and camp and hike and all that kind of stuff. Um, I sell some prints from some of my landscape photos that I take whenever I'm out there doing that. Usually every spring and fall there's at least one camping trip and then summertime sometimes if it's mild enough, wintertime sometimes if it's mild enough, but I, just, I enjoy a little bit of everything and You here. said Minnesota and I was automatically <laughs> gonna ready to hear Minnesota and nothing. Do you have any family up there at all? I do. I've got grandparents, uh, some aunts and uncles and stuff up there. I've got... Um, I've got an aunt and uncle that live out in uh, Colorado. Uh, my parents are my only family that live here, that and my brothers. But Yeah, you get to spend a lot of time with them at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah? So, grandparents still around? Uh, my grandparents are all up in Minnesota still. So, but, we see them on rare occasions. But it's between my schedule and, uh, and trying to get time off for everything and my wife's schedule. And I got two kids. Mm -hmm. Trying to get all of our schedules coordinated to get a... A week or so off to get up there whenever Absolutely. they're off of work is it's it's hard my, well, my schedule's really weird yeah and like i said i'm here from <laughs> south florida i've never been back yeah uh, you know i got here in 2009 and i haven't found the time to get back yeah. to down there i mean i've had my, my mom come up and my grandma's come right. up and and that's great you know and even my brother he came from uh he went he moved to, to north carolina and and he came over to visit with me for a little bit but I haven't had the chance to get away, man. You know how it yeah. is while you're working, oh, yeah. especially you're working two and maybe more jobs. We might right. go through that. But uh, yeah, firefighting. When, when did that? When did that? Okay, let's go through the through your your school life, man. Sure. How did you you become you, Jeremiah Holman? Well, um, so growing up, I, I grew up in public school, public mm -hmm. school system. So. Um, very diverse and and you know all the different elements that come along with uh with public school uh, i never really fit into any real one group i wasn't with the popular kids but i wasn't with the you know the geeky nerdy kids i wasn't with the athletes but i played sports and so i never really had one click or anything like that i kind of made friends with uh, uh just a variety of folks and just kind of wandered and did my own thing type deal um What's your sport of choice? I played football from seventh grade to 
10th grade. You played the foosball? I did. And the problem was, is 9th and 10th grade, I was 150 pounds. Well, also the problem was, 9th and 10th grade, I was a lineman at 150 pounds. And 10th grade, I was starting varsity center at 150 pounds. Those boys get big. They were getting big, and I wasn't getting bigger. Oh, my goodness. You're, yeah, you're a, a thinner man. Yes. It's still, you know, in decent shape. <laughs> Firefighting, you imagine, you know, like a runner's physique. That's what I imagine you, you, you are right now. So, you know. uh, after... I gave up football. I got into swimming. I did swimming my last two years of high school. I was a swimmer. There you go. Yeah, I was captain of my swim team. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. You know how many people were on the team? One. (laughs) (laughs) We only had about five. So I wasn't wasn't much bigger. Didn't even have a pool at my school. I had to go to a different school. We had to go to college. Really? Yep. Oh, see? Very similar, man. (laughs) Similar tracks of life here. Uh, What year did you graduate? I graduated in 06. 06. He's a young man. 86. I'm 20 years older. (laughs) Oh, that's all right. You don't look it. Oh. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. I wasn't fishing for compliments. I was fishing for compliments. I really was. <laughs> the Jeremiah Holman, man. Uh, Holman. 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 Yes. That's, I, I'll try not to do that's, that. That's and okay. I'm going to say Jeremiah Holman a lot because I want to make sure that, that people know who you are and start looking you up right now. They're, they're on their, their uh, pads right now, keypads, trying to find out who is this Jeremiah Holman. I need to know more about him. <laughs> well, if, if they can find a picture of me not smiling, I'll, I'll accept that challenge because most Dude. of my pictures, I'm always got a big smile on my face from ear to ear. So. I'm seeing that. You've been smiling this whole time. and I, 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 You know, I, I like taking a lot of pictures. My ASVAB test, the top two things were photography and beautician. There you I, go. I, I appeal to people's vanity. Yeah, and, and I, on both of them. I, I, exactly. That's what that is. I, so I guess that's what an, the ASVAB test. Do you remember your ASVAB test? Oh, I don't remember it. Do you, I, I, I don't. Do you remember any <laughs> test where they gave you some kind of, of aptitude where you said, hey, you're going to be this? Yeah, I remember a lot of those. And pretty much all those, that they went. They typically went through engineering type, some working with your hands, but usually engineering was among those general things, which I think firefighting worked out great for that general yeah. deal. I mean, I knew uh, kind of towards the end of high school and as I was graduating, whatever I did, I wanted to help people. I didn't know what it looked like. I didn't know if that was being a doctor or a nurse or a lawyer or... Well, I can't really put lawyer in there, but doctor and nurse. Ah, I think that was a little little shot to the lawyers. Sorry, liars. I mean, lawyers. How do you pronounce that? I don't remember. Um, But I wanted to help people. And so uh, I graduated. I did did a year at college. Didn't really work out. Came back and what, what was your course of study when you when you went gen, in? Just gen ed. Okay, you didn't I have an idea. Yeah, I was, so I was just kind of doing the typical school was it? UCA. UCA. All right, so. I'm 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 in Conway now. I, I, I like UCA. Go Bears. That's right. <laughs> so um, it just kind of continued the snowball. And as I, I had a, my best friend growing up, his dad was a Little Rock firefighter. Okay. And so I kind of talked to him a little bit, and um, he's like, "Man," he said, uh, "You know." If you want to come by, visit the station sometime. You can come kind of see what it's like, kind of hang out. I can show you around a little bit. Yeah. I can talk to you a little bit and tell you, you know, you're going to see some bad stuff. There's bad days, but there's also some amazing days. And, and the relationships you build with people are second to none. There's not a better job in the world. So I went and hung out with him for a little while and just grew up with his son and just kind of watched things and different, you know. And uh, it's like, all right, I'll, I'll take the test. We'll see how it goes. And I'm glad that I did because it's, it's – the best job in the world. Yeah. And there's, there's nothing better. You know, you watch the movie Backdraft, and you see all these things in Backdraft. 
And over the 10 years that I was a firefighter, I saw a lot of those things, just not all at once, right. not in a matter of two hours, right. but spread out. Yeah, I've had stuff blow up and, you know, I, one of my first trailer fires that I went into, uh, the place collapsed right on my head. So I had to wait for the guys, hey, uh, you help me out of here? <laughs> Anytime uh, you know, now. <laughs> pro, I'm proby. I was just on the nozzle, you know. You know, and they they did. They pulled me out real quick. And that, 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 has that happened to you? I haven't. Uh, let's see. I haven't been trapped in anything. Um, I've I've had a few pucker factors um, about some stuff. I, I've had uh, you know foot go through a floor or something like that. Something that was just kind of right there on that edge. But nothing nothing quite that extreme yet. Um, I've still got some time to go, and hopefully it doesn't happen. But there's always that chance. I, I know people who have gone through floors, and it's oh, yeah. it's definitely a scary situation up on roofs i've gone through yep. absolutely and thankfully some of the, the beams have been uh, strong enough to where you know i fell through but i still caught a beam yeah not in the right place right but thankfully i was wearing my protective gear and then right. it's pretty thick and it protects those places <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah man the firefighting you're making me you're making me remember things and i'm enjoying myself talking to you that's good jeremiah holman excellent man i knew this was going to be fun but i didn't know where it was going to go and you're smiling you're such a smiley guy and i love I it i walk in and you're immediately hey how you doing so that's that's a that says a lot about you jeremiah that so what did you learn from what did you learn from your dad what did you learn from your mom growing up what were the big things oh let's see my dad uh well so my dad is black Okay. Which you would probably not guess looking at no, me. No, I, I wouldn't. You're very white skin. Hey, I'm half Cuban, <laughs> and I think one of my first cousins is dark as night. Yep. So I know I have some black in me. And yep. I was like, hmm, okay. Yeah, but yes. I, I'm, I'm about as white as a sheet of printer paper at this point. I don't tan at all, but he's, he's actually my stepdad. But I consider him my dad. He raised yes. me. He okay. was there for my whole life. And uh, I, I'll say... Uh, Growing up in the South with a, a white mom and a black dad and having two mixed brothers, um, you eventually find all the stereotypes that come along with the South. You're eventually going to hear stuff. You're eventually, you know, there's there's going to be things said and done that, you know, you wish weren't there but are there. Um, but I learned from my dad uh, to, one, don't accept handouts. Earn everything. Work hard. And uh, he was he was never one for a handout. He, uh, when he started his company, um, he, he would work a lot of times, 14, 15, 16 hours a day, come home, sleep for a few hours, and then go back out and work another 12 hours till, I mean, because he was the only employee when he was starting it out. So it was just, he had just had to grind and just keep going and he had to do all the selling and he had to do all the office work and he had to do all the work by himself. And uh, I was about, I think, 13, I think, when he started the company. And so I'd go and I'd help him on weekends whenever I could with just little stuff. But he used to call me vacuum boy because I was one of the few things that I was old enough to be able to help him out with. So I'd pull trash and clean bathrooms and vacuum and, you know, whatever else. But um, you tap on your family first when you need help. Absolutely. He's a, is he the dad that you've known your whole life? Yes. Man, we have such similar tracks. As my dad was out of the picture probably by the time I was born. Yeah. And 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 my stepdad, my brother's dad, is the one that I knew as my dad for most of my life. So, all right, very similar go. tracks. Yes. Yeah, so but you were the oldest. I was. So you had to to guide your, and you had two siblings? I had two younger brothers. Two um, younger brothers. And they're 10 and 12 years younger than me. Oh, yeah. So yeah. There, was, there was a big gap there that we didn't really have a lot of... Um, 
a lot of things in common growing up. So there wasn't right. like that real close knit brotherly deal. Now that they're older and I'm older, um, we've got a lot more in common and we like to stir the pot and we like to take jabs at mom and dad and get them all riled up and you know typical brotherly stuff that yeah. uh you know you usually grow up doing we're just now kind of getting into those phases but now they're both old enough to go drink beer and so we'll go get a beer together or you know Fantastic. whatever and it's it's pretty good stuff um, now their skin tones were they more <clears throat> predominantly black my middle brother corbin he's uh he he's pretty light skin he, right. he kind of looks like a, just a tan white guy sure yeah i mean like he was from florida or something like that um my youngest brother noah though he's a little bit darker complected right. he's got curly hair stuff like that so you can tell he's biracial but um looking at my middle brother you probably wouldn't guess that right so, but you get a perspective right that not a lot of other people have right i, I remember the c thomas howe movie the soul man where he took these pills to make himself uh black so he could get into a college yeah. and then at the end and i'm gonna say spoiler on this movie that's 30 years old at the end he goes back into the courtroom or, or into this hearing uh, to james earl jones and james earl jones was the guy presiding and he says hey you found out what it's like to be black and c thomas howell says no sir i could always change back at any time so you had this perspective from your own brothers yeah. growing up. Well, were they, I mean, and yes, I had the same thing. When I moved from South Florida, where everybody gets along with everybody, giant melting pot, and then I come to, to Little Rock, Arkansas, to the, to, to the deep south, and it might be a little more segregated, but I think I've still found my pockets of people loving each other. There is, and the bad thing is, is uh, you know, if, if all you do is submerge yourself in, the media and all you do is submerge yourself in what other people say and you never actually get out and everybody's so tapped in their phones and social media and and the news and tv everybody's got a screen in front of them and if they don't ever go out and talk to people meet new people and and stuff like that um you're never going to see what it's really like i don't think things are as bad as it sounds but yeah. if you never make that effort to go out and find people and talk to them and get their perspective on things you never know that. And so when all you hear is the bad and you never actually see the good, it eventually will wear on you. It'll, it'll change the way you look at life. Yeah, brand new term that I just learned about uh, in, in your phone, just confirmation bias. Yep. You you start following the the past, the groups that you want, that, that are like-minded. Hey, you know what? I kind of think like that. Let me follow that right. group. And you don't diversify. You don't right. go out. And you say you go to the bars. And yeah, at the bars, everybody's there. Right. You know, everybody likes to eat. Everybody likes to go out and have a good time, listen to music. Yep. And you're going to find that people are people, man. Just love your fellow man yeah. and woman. Absolutely. And other. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess there's, there's that now. But yeah. Oh, man, I'm enjoying this. Well, good. I am too. Chatting with Jeremiah Holman, uh, firefighter, photographer. <laughs> I know we haven't gotten a lot into the photography. Uh, did you take a lot of pictures when you were a kid? I didn't, actually. So I remember What? Getting, when did you get your first camera? <laughs> I got my first camera actually when I was at UCA. I was working at Target while I was going to college um, on the weekends. And I got this cheap little, I was a broke college student. I had saved up just enough money to buy this little like four megapixel point and click, no, no, no nothing special camera. Yeah. And I played with it for a little while and little things, but there was no manual settings on it. There was nothing really that you could do other than just take a picture. Right. So I did that for a little while. Kind That's of, your first camera? That was my first one. Never had a film camera? Nope. 
Oh, that's the new age, the the people after two thousand, and even just a little before. Yep, that was that was my first first little camera was that. Never got to venture off into the the film stuff. Now I know some film photographers that sure. still shoot film, and they're amazing because they. Whereas with a digital camera, I can take a thousand pictures and find the one that I like the most and throw away the rest of them. The film photographers that I know. Now, you got to be precise because the film costs more these days, developing costs more these days. So you want to make sure that you maximize your opportunity whenever you take a shot. So yeah, I remember when I was taking pictures with uh, my mom's Minolta, uh, you know, I'd be sitting on my belly looking at that shot, trying to get that one shot because I knew I had 12 or 24 exposures right. or sometimes 36 when I was feeling saucy, yep. you know, and, and that's all I had. And then you get those pictures back from whatever developer that you, and, and oh, blurry. Oh, <laughs> not cool. But then I did get my first digital camera and it all changed. Right. I could take, you know, 30 of the same shot and pick that one. Yep. And, and that's what you've been doing your whole, your whole film career. Right, right. So when did you, what kind of pictures were you taking with that first uh, four megapixel camera? <laughs> I really don't remember exactly. Um, I, because at that point it was, I thought it was cool, but it, it really wasn't, um, it wasn't anything I saw myself doing for any kind of money or any kind of hobby. I never really saw myself going down that road. Why'd it, you buy the camera? Uh, it was just, I, I guess it was just one of those things that, you know, at the time I, I think my phone was like a razor or something like that, yeah. you know, so at, at that time pictures, if you didn't have film, um, your, your options for digital stuff was pretty limited, even on cell phones back then. I mean, take a picture of you and me three feet from each other and it's, nah, I can make out your eyes, but I'm not going to see really any details in anything. So, yeah. um, I got it probably just to have it for pictures in general. Um, but I never didn't really have any plan for it as, as time progressed. Um, I didn't really, I kind of drifted away from all the photography stuff. I'd look at a, a photo a friend or somebody would post, or I'd look on a magazine or something like that. That's a cool shot, but I never really thought much more of it. That's about 2007, uh, maybe? Prob- when did you go to UCA? Yeah, that was probably 2007. 2007, um, yeah. And so I got back into it actually right after I got on the fire department. So I got on the fire department in 2011. So 2011 <clears throat> was a rookie, and it's kind of like, man, you know, I like to kind of get back into it so i got a nikon what was the first job you did in the fire department a hoseman oh yeah uh, yep. front nozzle man yep. then the guy that puts the water or the wet stuff on the red stuff that was that was i loved it surround and, and drown exactly <laughs> it was easy no real responsibilities because everything you screwed up it all was you know right up here the guy right behind you your lieutenant or whoever it is yeah <laughs> that's uh so I, yeah, I, so the, I got back to the photography. Got a Nikon, uh, I think it was a Cool Pix or something like that, um, is what it, they were called. Uh, wife got it for me for Christmas, and it was just a point and shoot one, but I think it was like 12 megapixels. So I thought I was, yeah. I thought I was up there at that point. Yeah, you were. And um, I still had no idea on really anything about photography. I'd, I'd go and I'd take a shot of a sunset. Sometimes it would turn out, sometimes it wouldn't. So as time still went on, point and shoot. it no, was still point no, shoot. No, uh, uh, all automatic, yes. no manual yes. features. But at this point, it, it would pop up numbers on there. So it would give me information. It would tell me what my aperture was and my ISO and shutter speed, but I couldn't change any of them. Were but you keeping track of that in your head? I was, I was curious, like, well, what are all these numbers? So as I started kind of reading into more about it and learning what manual settings meant, I was like, well, okay, but I got to get a DSLR or something that allows me to change those. So 
I bought my first kit camera. I remember it was uh, when I got it, I was, I, we were tight for money because being married and having two kids, and I was a sole provider for the family. Oh, like, we didn't even go through the love story. I, when I, did I that know. happen? But we'll talk about that. <laughs> um, it, it was one of those, you know, I was like, dang, this is going to be expensive. I think it was like 700 bucks, 800 bucks. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's, that's a big a chunk bit of, of money change. right there. And so I really struggled with it for a while. Um, and my wife being as amazing as she is, she's never told me to not buy anything. She, she's always encouraged me. If I've got a plan to be able to recoup the cost on it, do it. Whatever it costs, you'll make it back. I know you will. Just do it. So is it going to keep that smile on your face? That's a good exactly. lady right there. You got a good awesome. partner. That's absolutely that's backing you up. That's absolutely. good, and I'm sure you do the same for her. I, I definitely do my best. That's fantastic, man. And right. and so you see, know, worst case scenario, you sink some money into a camera. You have an awesome camera to take pictures of the kids with. Worst case scenario, you never make a dime of it back. You got a nice camera to take pictures of the kids. Yeah. Okay. Pull the trigger. Hey, I like this. This this is pretty cool. What kind cool. of camera did you end up? It getting? was a, a Canon T5i. What is that? So it's a Canon uh, DSLR, and it's got a. It, it's just a little kit camera, nothing What's a special. DSLR. Uh, yep, digital something uh, lens reflective something. Or I used to know it, but see, I don't like, know. I don't know it either. And yeah. here I am. I got a DSLR right here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've, I've got. I used to know all that. And I was like. Uh, I right. used to know. I got Google. It can pull it back up if I need to know it again. You got that right. So and, DSLR and... Yep. And so I just kind of started playing around with the manual settings. Um, started offering like a family pictures for like 50 bucks. I mean, just dirt cheap because I had no idea what I was doing. And So that's what you were taking pictures of? That's what I was taking pictures with. And, and was, were you starting to develop a portfolio, putting I, stuff out online? I was. And I started just kind of doing a little bit more, a little bit more. It started just kind of gradually just kind of increasing um we do them for free from time to time whenever mm -hmm. i had dead time just you know to get some experience and practice um got just a free editing software at the time as time went on i learned more about editing it's like well i gotta get some editing software so couldn't afford photoshop because back then it was still a thousand dollars so i was like well i can do lightroom it's made by adobe same thing it's a professional editing software it's just you can't manipulate stuff but as far as portraits go it's great and so i bought that for like 170 bucks which is still a chunk of change but it's better than a thousand so 2012 2013 that was you're you're in this yeah yeah right around there somewhere in this somewhere area in that area and what are the responses when you're taking pictures of these family shots people were loving them i mean yeah. for 50 bucks you couldn't really complain that much when the average photographer in our area at least now they're charging three 350 for a yeah. one hour session so i mean i was doing them just a beginner for next to nothing. Full disclosure, about that time Thanks. I was working at Picture Me Photo Studios for, at the uh, Walmarts. Yep. And the, the, the good thing about that, I know they're not open anymore, they've shut, since shut down, but I know when I, in 2009 when I first moved here, that was one of the first jobs that I was able to get. And the advantage of that is the room is set up for that camera right they had a canon set up on uh, with the aperture right the f-stop the light in the room was perfect yep. which is why those rooms get perfect pictures almost every time yep. you throw them through a the little editor within an hour you got the greatest family pictures ever made right but you have to go out and do this out in the world right to continue. Yep. So I, I I kept trucking down that road and just kind of gradually as as I'd make a little bit of money here, I'd 
find something I wanted to invest it in. I'd invest it in another piece of equipment or software or whatever, and I just kept snowballing it. Well, probably about two years ago, um, I got my first wedding gig. Um, I had Those a, are, that uh, is a very intricate thing because you got one shot. Yes, yes, and my stress was through the roof, and it was it was a, it was actually the. The guy that I did heat and air with, mm. it was his daughter, and I had done senior pictures for her. I had done um, uh, prom pictures for her, and, and so I had a reputation with this family. They knew me. They knew what I was going to provide for them. Stuff. So she came to me. She said, I'm getting married. I want you to do my wedding. But and some photographers will not do exactly. weddings because it is only one shot. Right. And I stressed that right. to her. I said, look, I said, if you absolutely want me to do it, I'll do it, but you know what you're getting with me. I right. said, I'm just telling you, I've never shot a wedding. Yeah. I don't have any pro Have you been to weddings? At least? Not in a long time. Wow, because at least you could have time. looked at a wedding and seen how the <laughs> photographer was going. You know, when they get, like, right into the into the shot, yep. uh, you know, get in, get out. Yeah, get in, I get out. Use this long lens. Had none of that. And wow. so I was... Uh, Stressed, and at first I I kind of was like, no, I really I don't think this is a good idea. And as we kind of went back and forth, and we kept talking about it, I said, okay. I said, I'll tell you what, I'll do it for free. I want you to hire somebody though, so that if I screw up, you still have pictures for your wedding. How about that? I'll use it for portfolio, whatever, and da 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 da. You're a sweet man, Jeremiah. They they, they they told me she told me no. She said I'm going to pay you. She said, you let me know what it's going to cost, and I want you to do it. I was like, oh, jeez. And so I, we, we talked about it, and I, we kind of got information about the venue and time and everything. I had enough general information about photography to kind of piece together some ideas, did a lot of research, yeah. knew I needed to upgrade a camera and a lens if I was going to do it. And so we talked about some things. We set it on a, a price, I want to say it was like 800 bucks. I mean, it was yeah. just enough to cover equipment I needed to rent oh, and you better believe stuff it. like that. And It so gets expensive. It does. You know, and it's not just that day. It's all the editing afterwards. Exactly. And making sure that those pictures are proper. Exactly. And if they want any prints, forget it. you got to pay for those prints, too. <laughs> right. So, yes, 800 is very cheap. On yeah. the cheap. Yes. And so we went through that. Well, it ended up being, she went to a bridal, a bridal fair or whatever down the road, um, relatively close to the wedding. And she actually won a professional wedding photographer package from a young lady here oh, locally. So that had she, to take a little pressure off of you. Yes. Yeah, so she came back and told me that, and I was, I was like, okay. I said, I was, I was celebrating in my head. I said, at least, I said, if you still want me, I said, I'm there. But at least we know that somebody with some experience is going to be there. And yeah. they're like, yes, we still want you. Not an issue. And so, anyway. Do you remember who it was? Oh, yeah. Courtney Jones. Courtney Jones. Yeah. And, and she's still doing it, right? Absolutely. Well, what? no, I'm sorry. Courtney Jones was the bride. Oh, okay. It was the bride. Yeah. The other photographer was, um, I believe, a young lady named Cassie. Cassie, okay. Uh, yeah. Work well with others when she wa when you we walked in together? We kind of did our own, our own deal. Um, Didn't get in each other's way? No. And it was one of those deals. I, I knew, I kind of had an idea going into it that this is probably not her ideal situation because right. me and her were going to be competing for the same shots. We weren't working together. We were working independently. And so you, typically you don't want that in a wedding scenario. Now, at least you got to meet up with each other. Cause right. a lot of times I'll DJ weddings and, and then the father of the bride or somebody will spring, Hey, I got this band for you and they got to plug into my system. So, you know, because they didn't bring their own PA. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No problem. 
no problem. Work well with others. Not my ideal situation, right. but I'll sit back, you know, yep. no problem. Yeah. It's not my show, it's their show. Right. And it's their wedding. It was Courtney's wedding. Right. So ultimately, that's the one you had to make happy. Yes. And, and that's continue. And that's, that's what we did. So I mean, we, me and this other young lady, we we did fine. We uh, we gave each other the room and stuff like that. Very respectful of each other and everything. There was no issues there at all. Um, it, it ended up kind of getting. It was like a June wedding, so it was hot. It was outside and stuff. So during like bridals and everything, um, I let the other photographer go first. And by the time she was done, bride was just kind of wore out. I mean, it was just it was hot. And after everything else has been going on, you know, you just want to relax. So it was one of those deals. I said, you know what? she's got these let's just if you're good well you go ahead and change and you go relax and so we did and it ended up being great um, yeah jeremiah holman what you did get was experience i did you said you hadn't gone to weddings right. in a long time and at least you got to work with somebody who probably does this weekly or bi-weekly what have you so you learned something absolutely. that's good you've got absolutely got some knowledge absolutely and that's that's worth more than anything that i could have been paid that day because it wasn't long after that i got another phone call for another wedding yes it was another family friend both these were family friends that gave me the opportunity to do it um the, the second one i think i was probably just as nervous about um but i finally in this process of between these two weddings when i, I was contacted about the second one i think it was right before i did the first one and i was like you know what we're gonna buy some. We're gonna if we're gonna do both these, and we're gonna start getting into some of this stuff. We gotta foot the bill and just upgrade some stuff. So I upgraded my camera to a Canon 80D 80 letter D. That sounds um, fancy. It's it's about a mid range camera. It's not considered a professional camera, but it was an eleven hundred dollar camera. Yeah, it was. And I bought a uh, I bought a professional telephoto lens, which is the uh, seventy to two hundred two point eight uh, IS two Canon. It was a two thousand dollar lens, so I went and dropped. Uh, about $3,300 with taxes and everything. And then it wasn't long after that, I upgraded my laptop to a MacBook Pro, which was another $1,500. And I, so I started dropping some this. money. Yeah, I, me and, and going back to my wife, her being supportive um, by this point, I was like, you know, look, if this is going to continue to grow, I've got to decide if, if I want to do weddings, okay. Mm-hmm. If I don't, okay. But if I am, I, I'm going to have to make some adjustments here. And she's like, absolutely, go do it. Yeah. So, all right. Give me the credit card. <laughs> hey, and it pays to specialize. I it, mean, it, you know, it does. if you can do weddings, that is a certain type of photographer. It is. And you do get that one time. How are you feeling now? I'm guessing you've had a few more weddings under your belt. So that was um, so that was two years ago, I believe it was, or maybe it was last year. I don't know. I've lost track of time. <laughs> but, um, hey, it's 2020 now. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, going backwards, maybe 2017. Right. I'm, I'm going to guess. So in June uh, or probably, July. Yeah, somewhere right around in there. One was the summer, one was the fall. I remember that. Um, so now, now fast forwarding, um, I have done a lot more events. I haven't done, I've actually got a wedding coming up on the 21st that I'm doing in Northwest Arkansas. And I've got another one um, in October that I'm doing out in Benton. So I'm I'm not advertising myself as a wedding photographer, but I'm not shying away from either if somebody I know wants me to. And the funny thing is, these are people that I know too. Um, Some of the volunteer work I do as a photographer is through a a camp called Camp Sunshine, which is a children's burn survivor camp. Oh, okay. Um, So um, I do their photography and stuff like that for them. And so that's, I'm on their committee for it and everything. What kind of photography would they need? Just event photography, just kind of cover. So so parents can see pictures of the kids. And um, it's actually, uh, it, it goes through, 
uh, Arkansas Children's Hospital. So um, a lot of the pictures that we get get sent out to the parents and just kind of slideshows for the kids to be able to remember their time at camp because a lot of these kids, they when they get in, they're usually in it for in this camp for up to. 20 years depending on when they start and if they go through and become a counselor and stuff so there's a big long time they can be involved in it well you say burn camp they're they're yes. burned i guess yes. they have some injuries absolutely so there's there's certain criteria that they have to meet to be in it because they want to make it exclusively for burn survivors mm-hmm. and it's really just a chance for kids that have had that happen and have those scars both mentally and physically to be able to be around other kids or young adults that have been in similar situations um well, that makes sense for a firefighter right. to be involved with burned victims. Have any of the, the people that you were involved in their fire, have you met them in the camps? I, I have not. Um, we get kids, though, from uh, all, over the, all over Arkansas and some of the surrounding states as well. Um, and we, we got them as young as, I think, five. And they go all the way up from there to 20s. And they can be counselors in training or volunteers in training. They can come back as counselors after a certain point, stuff like that. Um, but we get firefighters, too, that come down. And it, it, mm-hmm. the cool thing about this camp is all the counselors are either firefighters, professional firefighters, or, um, like, nurses for the female victims and yeah. stuff like that. And so, and they pair up a firefighter counselor with a burn survivor. So it's one-on-one and the whole thing, the majority of it's funded through the uh, professional, the Arkansas Professional Firefighters Association. Um, and then there's also donations from different things. There's a, a rock crawler group out in Hot Springs that goes off-roading and stuff like It's like an off-road park. And they help, they do charity events to help fund it. Uh, Cisco uh, helps fund some of the camp and stuff like that, providing food and different things. So we get a lot of donations from a lot of different people. Um, but it's an amazing opportunity. Anyway, so I, I got involved in that. Yeah, Jeremiah, you took another step. <laughs> uh, you know, because I remember 89 and 99, I would pick up people off the streets and take them to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I would be on the ambulance corps as well and take them to the hospital. But I never knew what happened to them once they got there. But in 97, before I stopped firefighting, I ended up working in the ER as, yeah. a, as a, a tech. Yeah. And then I found out, oh, this is what happens afterwards right. one step further and now you know what what happens to the burn victims afterwards right one step further exactly Continue. so last year uh, when i was there i met uh, kind of time back into the wedding deal so i was doing this volunteer deal one of the firefighters there from fayetteville is uh like hey do you do weddings or do you travel or anything like that i was like yes i'll i'll travel around you know wherever i mean not going to say no. I mean, if he wants me to go to the Bahamas and photograph something, better believe okay, it. Okay, <laughs> absolutely. I'm not saying no to that. Um, he's like, well, he said, I'm getting married. You know, if you do weddings, I was like, you know what? Uh, here's my information. I said, I want to make sure I talk to you and the bride to be. Let's set expectations. I'm not a wedding photographer, but let's talk. And if you guys are okay with it, I'm okay with it. We're, we mesh well. I'll do it. And That's so cool. we uh, we worked it out. Went and met them in Conway and. Bride liked me and groom liked me. They looked at some of the work I'd done from the first two weddings, and so we booked it. And so that was coming up. A lot of the, being in this in this service industry, yeah, I'd get to DJ a lot of weddings. When I was in the Keys, it was a hundred weddings a year. Yeah. sometimes you know, and, and but as long as the bride and groom like you, you know, and I didn't get to meet a lot of them because it was destination weddings. Right. But if, if they meet you on the phone, they get along with you. Yeah. That personability is you have to be a good person 
before you can get into the service industry right. and, and excel. And that's one thing that you there you already right off. As soon as I walked in, like I said, big smile on your face, shake hand. Hey, good to good to meet you, Jeremiah. And here we are sitting across from each other. And I'm gonna give a shout out again to the Nexus Coffee Shop. They didn't know they were gonna be hosting this podcast, but here they are, Nexus Coffee Shop, Little Rock, Arkansas. Put that on the walking tour. All right, continue. I want to get into the the love story because you're already married by the time by the time you're you're starting to be a firefighter. Oh yeah. Uh, where where'd you meet the honey? So she's gonna listen to this and she's gonna yes, she's she probably gonna hit me if I if <laughs> when she listens to this part. So we actually went to high school together. She's she's just great behind me. Sweet. And um, what high school? Parkview High School. Parkview in, in, in Little Rock. In Little Rock. Oh, okay. And so um, I was a senior. She was a junior. And we hadn't really ever talked at all. I, I recognized her pastoring the hallway, but other than that, knew nothing about her. I think I probably didn't even know her name at this point, but I remember coming out of one of my classes one day, and all of a sudden I felt somebody pinch me on the butt. Ooh. I was like, well, <laughs> what is this? It's I turned around, and I turned around and looked at her, and she just grinned at me. Yeah. And I was like, okay. I mean, I'm not going to say no. She's cute. And I, was yeah. like, I was like, okay. And so I went off and did my thing. My next class, well, next time rolls around, left. Same thing. Got a pinch. I was what? like, what is going on? So that kind of a little cat and mouse thing went on for a little bit at that one time. One pinch, shame on you. One, two pinch, shame yeah, on me. I, I, I think I had know. a girlfriend at that time, but she didn't She didn't go to that, that school. And so it was one of those, you know, I'm not going to pursue it because I got a girlfriend. Right. So I just, you know, all right, whatever. Um, so I graduated, and I want to say it was either towards the end of my senior year, um, or it was uh, right after I graduated, but somewhere in there we started connecting. I, I didn't have this girlfriend anymore. We actually broke up previously, you know, a while back, not long after the first butt pinch. But um, uh, hey, <laughs> not, another, this girl, this other, was, were they related? Well, no, was, no, they, they was that a factor? This other girl's pinching my butt. I need to, I need to pursue this. <laughs> it, it wasn't anything about that. Um, okay. But uh, we started going on a couple dates and stuff, and um, it just kind of, we liked each other. I ended up going off to Conway to UCA. She graduated, and she was living with her grandparents and kind of working and going to school out here. And What does she want to be when she grows up? At this particular time, she didn't really know. Okay. She, she had bounced between um, being like a, a dental assistant or hygienist or something along those lines to interior decorator and a handful of other things. Um, so In we, your 20s, do everything. I Try everything. <laughs> so we, we kind of dated on and off throughout that, that year, that time span and stuff. Um, eventually down the road, um, it got serious between us. And uh, one night I got that phone call, I'm pregnant. And I was like, okay, it was, and it was one of those, I probably wasn't as panicked as probably some folks were because I'd already honestly planned on marrying her. I'd already had the conversation with my parents and stuff like that. So there was already plans in the works there. Um, We by no means did it the way that we would have liked to have done it. Um, But it was, you know, one of those, well, I've got responsibilities now. Mm-hmm. We're we're gonna start taking the next step. So, um, was with her through it the whole deal, and um, we uh, I started looking for another job. I was like, well, I can't. I was working at a coffee shop, not this one, but a different coffee shop yeah. at that time. And I was like, well, I need insurance, and I need I need to be able to set some goals here of things that I can do. And so, we uh, we got married, had our daughter Emily, Aww. and um, that was uh, that was in 08. Mazel tov. Uh, I appreciate that, and so. 
I ended up getting a, a job with Alltel, which was a huge blessing because they offered insurance. They paid awesome for a kid with no college degree or anything like that. I had benefits. I was paid well hourly, got a commission check. And I was cell able to- phones, sell, selling yep, cell phones? Selling yeah. cell phones. Yeah. And was able to provide for a family of three off of that. I mean, we didn't have internet and we didn't have cable and we did without with a lot of those luxuries, but yeah. we never went hungry and food simply. on the table and yeah. we did. So did that for a while. Altel got sold to Verizon, did that for a while realized real quick that I hated corporate America. It was not my cup of tea. I, I, I didn't like putting in, getting put in positions where I felt I had to compromise my personal beliefs to make a dollar for the business to keep my sales job. job. I didn't, yeah, I did yeah, not. There's a high pressure sales. Like I worked that. Bally's uh, for that, that eight months, Bally's Total Fitness, mm -hmm. and that was high pressure. They, man, they would have you foul up credit cards and, you know, just it was uh it was tough yeah it was tough sometimes uh, the sales pressure you know to to get that dollar yeah you can make your own money if you do it right but right. yeah then they say hey you're not making your quota exactly exactly ouch and i always made my quota i never had an issue not doing that i don't i never felt like i did anything unethical but it was one of those deals where uh, i did my job i did it well but yeah. it just i was not satisfied with it so that's when I was like, all right, we need to revisit where I'm going to be happy. And that's when right. that's when I got back into pursuing, okay, we're, we want to do something to help people. We're obviously not helping people, selling them cell phones in the same way. So let's let's see where this takes us. So I started applying for the fire department and, and got on. And uh, it, during rookie school, uh, my wife got pregnant with our second child, hey. our, my son, Daniel. Daniel. And so, that's me. <laughs> there you go. So, I'm not your, hey, dad? No. <laughs> told you I lost track of my dad. <laughs> but, so, yeah, Daniel, good name. Yeah, so um, we uh, we had him and um, just been kind of chugging along with the career and the wife and now she's uh, she's actually back in school. She's getting her prereqs out of the way so she can apply for nursing school in Excellent. the spring and so uh, if she stays on track she should be able to be in nursing school by January next year. So get it. Mom's a nurse, and she says everybody be a nurse. It's, oh, you don't know what you want to be? Be a nurse. Yeah. Why don't you be a nurse? Uh, she's got a great heart for it. She wants to. Uh, she wants to do uh, children's ER. Yeah. And I've told her. I said, you know, I said if that's what you want to do, absolutely go for it. I think getting some experience in the ER is yeah. awesome. I said, but just understand, if you're working in children's oh, ER, yeah. you're gonna see dead kids I mean, and i was sticking little kids when yeah. i was working in the er myself you know yeah. i i was a paramedic in the in the er and yeah. just I, I remember it was heart heartbreaking right so i spent a lot of time in the heart in the uh instead of going to the pediatric section i'd spend in the trauma room where you know where you're trying to put people together or the uh the urgent care where yeah. you're just fixing bones and stuff and yeah. and triage that was that was pretty fun too but yeah. uh yeah i stayed out of pediatrics man it was tough yeah and she's she's got a heart for it she's pretty much our whole marriage she's done work-wise she's done stuff that dealt with kids whether it was oh, cool. daycare or special needs kids she did several years of helping out with special needs kids at um some local places around here and so she's She's got a heart for it, and she's awesome at it, and she's, <laughs> I mean, she, kudos to her, because I couldn't do a lot of what she does. And she's a mama. That's Absolutely. fantastic. That's where you get that training to begin with. Exactly. You know, taking care of your own kids, uh, Emily and, and then Daniel. That's right. Uh, so, uh, okay, uh, it, that's bragging on the wife. <laughs> bragging on the kids. What are they doing these days? Uh, well, my daughter is, uh, 
she's very involved with church. She uh, sings um, in like the youth uh, worship band. Yeah. So she she's making daddy and mama proud with that. Um, she what, does what softball. Uh, you can shout them out. Grace Grace uh, Church in East End. A yeah, good good church. Good, Absolutely. Good, good worship. Good fellowship there. Absolutely. It's, right. it's a little small church that oh I say it's a little small. It's about a mid sized church, but um, it's growing and it's growing for a reason. Uh, they are reaching some folks out there and doing it in a way that um, I think is refreshing these days. You know, you get a lot of the mega churches that want to compete for folks, and, and these guys are uh, their pastor uh, Tommy and Chris. They're they're more in the mindset of look, if if this church has a youth program that fits your kids better, and, and they want to go there on Wednesday nights, send them there. Yeah. We're going to pray for them. We're going to respect them. We're going to we're going to do everything we can to help these other churches, other churches that are bigger than them, smaller than them. It doesn't matter. Yeah. They they shout them out. They they pray for them. And there's like no competition. It's you know our our end game is is Jesus Christ. You know, it's yeah. it's not come here so we can get more tithes and you know be bigger ourselves and do this and that. So they're awesome. So that's what my daughter does. She does that and and they got a band and Emily's singing with them. That's absolutely, excellent. she's got a beautiful voice just like her mama. And um, what mama's singing too? Mama, mama's got a, a voice. She's she gets a little nervous in front of people, but okay. she's got a voice. I've been trying to get her. I was like, yeah, you can go and do this too. Be a, a, a mama daughter type thing. I'll see her at karaoke. <laughs> there you go. She can do it. Yeah. Might have to get a little a few drinks in her, but she'd do it. Okay, okay. Um, but so daughter plays uh, softball. It's her fourth year playing softball. She yeah. absolutely loves that. Um, so she's a singer. She's a jock. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I'm friends Actually. with everybody. Um, oh, that's sweet. So yeah, I, she she's definitely making us proud. My son, he's uh, he's in the scouts. Um, he oh, he did uh, tried baseball for a little bit and kind of. I made it to Weeblo. Where's he at in the scouts? He uh, is a not a. Is it a tiger this year? He's a tiger this year. So he's only done two years, and it's the Cub Scout stuff. So it, yeah. it's very basic and everything. Um, I think he likes it probably more so to hang out with his friends. That's than, it. Than doing the stuff. fellowship. Right. That's pretty much it. Because we do. That's that. what I liked about it. Yeah, and we do all the camping and all that stuff. Been doing that since before he got into it. So he's he's used to all the outdoor stuff, but he loves that. Um, and, and then the achievements of getting all the badges, you exactly. know, hey, I got this badge, yep. hey, check it out. I got, you know, those little life achievements. Yep. I, I think I spoke about it uh, on this podcast before where, where people are getting ribbons, uh, you know, participation ribbons. You, you got to make those achievements right. and that, that feels good. It lets you know where you're going to succeed and where you are going to fail right. in life. And it's, it's, it's okay. To, 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 not it's everybody okay. is fit for everything and that's yeah. completely okay. Yes, not I, everybody is made out to be a fireman. And that's okay. Yes. And so, uh, so Daniel, yes, so, yep. So Getting those achievement badges, absolutely. And um, so he, we tried him out in softball for, or I'm sorry, baseball for a little while. Baseball. And team sports is really wasn't his thing. He had more interest playing with his friends in the outfield and you know rolling around on the grass, being a boy, just you yeah. know whatever. Old. Um, he, right now he's seven. seven At this particular yeah, time, he dirt. was probably about five, and it was one of those you can't really get mad at him. He's got the attention span of a fly; it's not going to stick with him. As you should. And so <laughs> I was like, "All right." So we kept looking around for stuff for him to get into. Well, we found a BMX track over in Burns Park in North Little Rock. That's five dollars every Tuesday for a practice for two hours of practicing, and we're like, "He likes to ride his bike. Let's see what." See what here goes. So we started doing that, and he absolutely loves that. That, that sounds that fun is to his, me, man. His deal. You got him a good bike, and he's yep. out there. I, I was mag wheels. I was blessed from a, a another fireman whose kids outgrew the BMX stuff, but they grew up doing it. And he's like, man, he said, come over to the house. I think I've got an old bike that that will work for him. And 
I did, and it did, and it's a nice bike. It's got a whole lot more upgrades and stuff on it that I have known nothing about, but he absolutely loves it. And so, take the winters off, but here now it's warming back up. We'll get back out there, and he's getting ready to do his first race, hopefully coming up soon. Uh, just haven't scheduled it yet, but he's absolutely loving it, and he's a. Uh, He's the sweetest little boy. He he, yeah. like, he plays with everybody. Um, doesn't matter if they're mean to him or nice to him. Doesn't matter. He wants to just be friends with everybody and wants everybody to like him. And yeah. he, he's got a great heart. Well, one thing the two of them are going to appreciate, they're going to have this all documented. they got a photographer dad <laughs> that's going to be not just bragging on him, but also have that photo documentation. Absolutely. Of, I mean, I'm guessing you're taking pictures of the girl uh, doing her baseball and doing her singing and taking pictures of the boy doing his, uh, well, maybe not baseball anymore, but doing his BMX. His BMXing. Yep. You know, do you have that on your pages as well? Absolutely. I've got uh, that one, I believe, uh, that's not on my Instagram, but I believe on my Facebook photography page. I've got some of those uh, deals because I do for the softball I try to get in good angles so that I can get pictures of all the girls on our team yes. catching and hitting and you know everything else you know playing the game I can get with that nice $2,000 lens that I've got for weddings I can zoom in out there and get them in the outfield doing whatever if it's just picking their nose I can get that yeah. um, my son you know the, the track out there is Bonsai uh, track in North Little Rock and um, shout out represent they're, they're awesome and they'll let me out there on the track right between you know all the ramps and everything I can get out there and I can get photos of him coming and going and it's actually what he asked for his birthday last year is he said dad will you come out and take pictures of me riding <laughs> absolutely yeah and so we did we made it a, a trip out there and that's what we did that evening well here's something it, I have I don't think I printed out a picture in, in 10 years are you printing out any of these pictures putting them up on the walls so uh ironically um I fell into that same group that every other millennial and, and folks my age all do you take the photos you put them on social media and you never look at them again and it wasn't until Nexus I actually started hosting um, art walks and asking me if I wanted to participate that I started printing off some of my landscape stuff. And Nexus it, Coffee Shop? You know where we're at right now? Absolutely. Absolutely. I've got some prints uh, for sale here. Um, they do a uh, second fri- or first... They do a Friday night art walk. I think it's like the second Friday of every month. And they host local artists. They've got a big focus on local art, local artists, local creative folks, whatever it is. They've got a pottery guy that comes in and makes pottery and sells it, uh, jewelry, or yeah, jewelry, uh, paintings. I mean, you name it. These guys are got somebody involved with it. There's local honey out here that's from around central Arkansas. Yeah. Um, so they're awesome with that kind of stuff. So they invited me to be part of it. And I was like, okay, well, I have no idea what I'm doing. I never printed anything. I know I don't want Walmart, Walgreens, Target quality prints, but um, really didn't know what to do. So ended up reaching out to the Bedford camera over off of a Rodney Parham and um, they, they got me set up with some prints and everything and uh, was able to, actually I won a Mother's Day photo contest that one of the local news stations had done. And so one of the gifts that I got from Bedford was a uh, 200 point voucher that I got to use for some prints. So I went and did some test prints and they kind of walked me through, hey, look, for this resolution and this this is the max you can go, this is what you want to look for and stuff like that. And so they walked me through it and got some prints going, came up here Friday night art walk. And I want to say it was either the first, I think it was the first one that I did up here. I made back everything that I invested in money and in, in prints and frames and everything the first night. I was like, this is awesome. That's got to be satisfying it that was. you're getting people, uh, people are, are, are appreciating your work. Absolutely. Now, take, take me back to the, the little uh, Photoshop, uh, the, the, the photo place that you're going to. Rather than going to one of the big stores, 
and putting your your prints there, what's the advantage and and what's the the quality ratio there? So a lot of it, and I don't do my own printing, so a lot of what I understand is just from what I've read online, but a lot of it has to do with printer paper and the printer quality. Whereas like Walmart and Target, Walgreens, and a lot of those that have those things, they're fine for typically like a a, a five by seven or something like that or something smaller. For something you just want to throw up on a fridge, but if you take one of those pictures and you go to somewhere like Bedford or a professional printing company, there's a lot of online professional printing companies and do the same print, same size, and you compare them. Typically, the big box stores that don't specialize in it, you're going to notice color distortion. It's not going to be sharp. It's not, And a lot of that's just a photographer being nitpicky because I captured an image and I want it to look a certain way. I want it to look as close to what I remember as possible. Yeah. And so when I get that print and it's green or it's blue or it's fuzzy or something like that that's that's not a representation of that memory of that moment so if if you're gonna go do a print it's something you're gonna hang up on the wall it's not much more and you're gonna get an amazing difference in quality if you go to someplace like bedford that's what i definitely wanted to know was the price difference you say it's, it's negligible it's, it's not it for for something small like that on just a regular print it's not now if you're looking at canvases yeah, yeah canvas can have a big difference you could be looking at a 200 dollars canvas at bedford versus a 50 dollars canvas at walmart but again if you print them and you put them side by side you'll notice a big difference so, you have a 4K eye, do you? Uh, <laughs> uh, I just I, made that up. Yeah, yeah, I was like, 4K, I hadn't heard that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you'll notice a huge difference in, in just a variety of things. Um, but the guys over there at Bedford can walk you through a lot of that stuff. And the, the awesome thing is they're all photographers too. Yeah. So when you go in there with a file and you're like, hey, I want, to, I want to do this. I want to print this way. They can tell you exactly how big you can go without losing quality in it. They want to know the file format and all that kind of stuff. All the geeky stuff that gets into all that mess that us right. photographers kind of drool about. They're, they're knowledgeable about that. So Well, I said it. You, it pays to specialize. And you you have a, a, a photographer's a place. If you want to go buy music equipment, do you go to Walmart? No, you go to you know a guitar center or right. Palmer Music or someplace that specializes in that because most of the people that are working there, they're musicians. Absolutely. And so all the people that are working at Bedford are photographers Absolutely. and they care. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, man, I'm learning a lot from you, Jeremiah <laughs> Holman. Oh. And that's what, the, that's what I love about these conversations, learning about people. And I've learned uh, where you're from and and where how you ended up right here what's on the horizon for jeremiah holman with this photography business and let the people know how to get a hold of you well so uh probably the best way to get a hold of me is uh, either on my instagram or my photography facebook page both of which um, are at pb like peanut butter mm-hmm. jeremiah so pb jeremiah i try to keep it as simple and it's supposed to stand for photography by jeremiah but it makes more sense to say <laughs> peanut butter jeremiah so i am glad that you explained that because i was wondering what pb jeremiah meant yeah photography by jeremiah so and i could even go and just do pbj for photography by jeremiah and everybody think about peanut butter jelly sandwich but um, yeah, so that's I got that all squared away. That's the easiest probably way to get a hold of me. Now on there. is that Instagram, Facebook? Do you have a Twitter? Both of I don't have Twitter yet. Get a Twitter, I, man. I Those are the three. Those are the and then maybe a YouTube if you want. I do to like, have YouTube. Okay, what's YouTube? Um, 
I think it's the same thing. Honestly, I'll try to find. <laughs> it. I'll try to find it and put in the show notes. Make sure people know how to get a hold of you. So it, my my yeah. YouTube's actually a different branch from the photography. I'm starting to get a little bit into videography. Hit me, hit me. And so that's that's we're the, branching out. That's the new venture that I'm getting into, and I'm getting ready to upgrade camera equipment, everything for it. But so with the volunteer work that I've done with with Children's Hospital, or I'm sorry, with um, with Camp Sunshine, yes. I've also been doing some stuff with uh, with my church and helping them out with some video st- or some photography stuff. Um, and then I've also done some volunteer work for Paul Mitchell out of North Little Rock, which is Whoa, a, uh, they, do, they do hair and stuff. Well, they do no, a Like I said, show. photography, beautician. Those are the two, uh, it, it is. two of my ass fabs. And so uh, they do, like, they started, well, I started with them last year, um, helping them out with a, art, or a fashion show that they do. Yeah. And they raise money for, uh, they had like eight different charities that they were raising money for. So it helps us a variety of folks. And one of them was uh, the Make-A-Wish Foundation for the South Region. So that was one of them. So I helped them last year. I'm helping them again this year. So you did um, still shots for them. Exactly. Then, it just documented the okay. whole event for them. Um, the girls that participate, our students and stuff like that, in the pro- guys and girls because there are some guys that are doing it too. Um, and I just helped document it all for them, and they can use them for their website and for advertising and, and stuff like that. So through the whole slew of volunteer work, um, I still feel pulled to just continue to help people with, with this variety of things. So... I was like, you know, I've got the equipment to do video. Let's let's try to do some video stuff. What equipment stuff. do you have for video? Well, my camera shoots video. I've it also does got, shoot video. It does. And my, uh, I got a GoPro that shoots 4K. So I'm what? like, okay, well, let's let's see what else we can get into. So it started out as just an idea. When that did I, you pick up the GoPro why, and why? I actually bought that last year. Okay. And I bought it... Um, I actually used this as an excuse to buy it, but um, because you're a dude and you I'm, saw I'm this cool, this cool uh, camera, I, GoPro. Yeah, I, I, I've been wanting a drone. Why? I don't know. That's, I want that's a drone. on the list. That's going to get bought probably by <laughs> yeah. next year. But yeah. So um, I was after Camp Sunshine yeah. and and seeing everything that um, those kids had gone through, which was really tough. Seeing you know eight year old girl that. You know, kids are already mean enough. And then you take the scars and everything of being burned, and it just multiplies. And so it started out as just an idea of I wanted to interview some of them, just like this, and have them to share their story. And just, you know, this is what happened. This is what I went through. And just kind of putting together little videos um, so that we would publish them. Other people around the country that maybe went through something similar could watch it and say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm not alone. You know, maybe this, maybe what she's going through is something similar I went through. And they can reach out and, you know, and just kind of find a way to connect. Man, adding the video element just just adds that 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 other depth, that next dimension. I've been thinking about, you know, putting putting a studio together and and putting video to it. But I don't want to get dressed up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I don't don't ever dress up. That's why I I put the camera on the other person and I don't have to worry about it. There you go. Um, And so is that that whole idea kind of just uh, evolved it ended up being from just burn victims, which I had a few say yes, mm-hmm. um, to, it's like, you know, I, I could tell you one step further and just interview anybody, anybody, anybody. who's got a story. So That's where I'm at, man. I, yeah. Everyone has a story. And they do. And it's awesome. And so my first interview actually was a guy that I used to work with at Verizon mm-hmm. that was a, a meth addict and yeah. had gotten clean and stuff like that. And so I said, okay, this, this could be it. He's very open about it and stuff because he's been clean for so long um, and enjoyed sharing his story. So I reached out to him. He was all for it. And we did the interview and uh, posted it. And it was like the next day he had a guy from Texas that worked at a rehab facility that was like, hey, we love your video. 
we want to share it with the folks here. Is that all right? He's like, yeah. And I let him know, yes, my, my Facebook page would keep up with how many interactions and stuff like that. And the interactions were like, or how many people were reached. And it had like 4,500 that it yeah. had reached within like a week or something yeah. like that. And so that was pretty cool. And then it's it's kind of, I've done like six or seven of them. So I've done a couple that had, um, a couple of people that had recovered from drugs, meth, cocaine, different things like that. I did a couple burn survivors. I did a young lady that um, grew up in the foster care system that had a, a rough time in that. Um, and just got done posting one from another firefighter who was diagnosed with complex PTSD. Okay. And so it's kind of that whole deal is just kind of turned into just, you know, if I can get somebody who wants to share their story and that story can be used to help somebody else, let's do it. It's people connecting with yeah. people, man, helping each other out, which is That's what right. we should be doing. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And, man, you're helping people with the fire department, with the photos. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. The whole reason I bought this Canon, uh, I have a Rebel. Yeah. That's okay. Not, not, not and, wrong with that at all. No. And the, the whole reason I bought it is not just to take pictures of my event, which people appreciate. Yep. But people, uh, when I like tonight, I have a night off. A Saturday night. Uh, no, a Thursday night off. And I'm, I think I have, uh, there's a... Uh, Shane Thornton is over at TC's tonight, so I'm going to go take pictures of him. And you imagine these people, uh, you know, entertainers in particular, they they would love to get those pictures made so they can put them on their Facebook and, and showcase themselves and possibly get another job. Absolutely. And that's what you, as a photographer, does, can do. You have that power where you can go and take pictures of certain events, be it the burn victims, the PTSD, any events and share that way they they have something to showcase right it's hard to get somebody you know selfies are terrible <laughs> and duck lips stop taking <laughs> selfies hire a photographer to take your pictures for right. you because they know what they're doing right you know jeremiah holman knows what he's doing pb jeremiah find him everywhere now t uh, tell the people what's the uh, the youtube uh, that to go to um so that actually let's yeah look that up <laughs> Look that up on your brain, the one that we have in our pockets all the time. Um, I believe that one is, uh, it's either going to be the same thing, PB Jeremiah, or if uh, it might just be my, it's probably under my name, just Jeremiah Holman. Jeremiah Holman. Yep. Very cool. And it should be on there for that. All right. Any other avenues you want to explore? What's uh, what's on the horizon? Uh, Besides the video is brand new. Uh, you know, we're catching him on the ground floor. Six videos in or so. Six videos in and just as people want to share, I schedule it and we, we make it happen. Um, just things that I foresee myself kind of growing into as we continue to go. I, I started doing, I don't know if you saw the uh, ones I did for the road, the photos I did for the roads below in Bree Ogden. When they came over here to Sticky Fingers. Yes, uh, that's how some, I found out about some... you. Uh, Brie Ogden, I'm a fan, big time. <laughs> she she is awesome. And yeah. um, that night, actually, so I went to, in the rows below, Phil Evans, the singer, I went to school with him in middle school. Cool. And so that's kind of how that whole night ended up uh, transpiring. He's going to be back in town. I was like, man, I'd love to come just take some pictures and stuff. And he's like, yeah, bring it, come on. And so... Um, I was actually here that night, and there was another young lady here that was uh, that was singing, and she was doing some cover stuff because Nexus also covers local singers and stuff like that. And Get so it. they do a lot of that, and you can find a lot of their information and uh, their events on their Facebook page. Um, but uh, they they do that kind of stuff here, and so I was here, took some photos of her singing, and went over there and just sat up and 
watched watched Bree and watched the Rose Below and yes. had a great night. And they had some amazing talent. And I was lucky enough to get some pictures that they liked. You better believe it, man. Je- uh, Jeremiah Holman, uh, PB Jeremiah, find him everywhere. So good. Uh, usually when I wrap these things up, I, I give you the last words for the people. You can tell people a few words of wisdom, words to live by, something that pops in your head. Uh, tell them how to get a hold of you, whatever you want. This, this last words for the people, Jeremiah Holman. Uh, life is short. Capture the memories. There you have it, party people. Jeremiah Holman, PB Jeremiah. Look for him on the Facebook and the Instagram and even the YouTube channel. He's got a brand new YouTube channel that he's using, uh, you know, putting videos out there for good, I tell you. He's using his powers of capturing images, not just still photos, but motion images. He's using that to get people's story out there connecting with people people connecting with people that's what it should be helping each other out get those stories out there and maybe you can help somebody you know who's struggling who's having some problems who's having some issues thinking that they're going through it all by themselves no we're all in this planet in this world together and uh yeah just get together get along people and uh, jeremiah holman is people helping people firefighter and uh you know just a community oriented dude family man he's helping he's helping out wherever he can so i get i encourage you to get to know jeremiah holman more Uh, add him on the facebook add him on the instagram and subscribe to his youtube channel and i've already talked to him he needs to get on the twitter you know get in there tweet with the people (laughs) Just one more avenue where he can get the word out about his services and, you know, about what he's doing. So, uh, yeah, thank you so much, Jeremiah Holman, for being on the What Makes You Famous podcast. I encourage you, if you want to tell your story, to give me a call at 501-470-6386 or email info at RadioWhat.com. That's it for this edition of What Makes You Famous. It's Keys Dan, RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com. Peace. I'm out of here. Be on Radio What. Call 501-470-6386. Say your name, where you're from, and you're listening to what? The music you want is on RadioWhat.com. If you like what you hear, follow What Makes You Famous social media. Use the hashtag What Makes You Famous. Follow on Facebook at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Instagram at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Twitter at Makes Famous. And follow on YouTube at Keys Dan. Leave What Makes You Famous podcast a review and subscribe. Listen to What Makes You Famous podcast on Podbean, iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, and almost anywhere you find podcasts. Tell your story on my podcast, What Makes You Famous. Call 501-470-6386 and leave a message to set up a time. You can support What Makes You Famous using the PayPal link, paypal.me forward slash keys dan email info at radio what makes you famous podcast 
is a production of Keys Dan Enterprises Incorporated at keysdan.com. Thank you for listening. Radio What? The music you want with some great, great quotes. I am tired of being judged, gossiped about, and being the one to blame. I am me, and no one has the right to put me down. Anonymous. The music you want. Radio What? Dot com. <laughs>